I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. This week, we're gonna be talking about pesticides. Now, this is a big topic. It's in the news every day, and there's pros and there's cons, and it's safe, is it not safe? But last week, there's a new report that said by the end of the century, and this is important, the population would decline due to decreasing fertility. But they just kind of left it at that, and that kind of bothered me. So when I hear a news story, I'm not sure what it is, or I don't like it being hung like that, I want to get to the bottom of it. So, well, you kind of know I just don't leave anything. So I want to discuss this serious issue. I want, to get to, I want you to understand why this is such an important topic. Because if human fertility is declining, and recent studies suggest that conventional food might be a significant contributor to this disturbing trend, and it's being seen in both men and women. So pesticides have repeatedly uh, been implicated in worsening fertility, in worsening fertility, and one of the re most recent studies adds further support to this hypothesis. Now, this study, because I did my homework, was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, Internal Medicine. It evaluated the influence and the factors uh, that are known to affect reproductive, re reproductive system and reproductive success in 325 women between the ages of 18 and 45. So the mean age is about 35. So they took these women, and they, these are women who are going through, going through in vitro fertilization, and they wanted to find out why some of these women were going through it. Was there any link as to why some women needed in vitro fertilization and some women didn't? So using a U.S. government database listing the average pesticide residues in food, the researchers estimated that each participant's uh, pesticide exposure, based on their food questionnaire on average, and they found that the women with the highest pesticide exposure a 2.3 servings per day of fruits and berries or vegetables that are known to have high amounts of pesticide residue. Those in the lowest group ate less than one serving of high pesticide produce a day. And when it compared the women with the lowest pesticide exposure, the women with the highest amount of pesticide exposure had an 18% lower in vitro fertilization success rate. Now, this is a big issue. I've been in practice now. I've been seeing patients about 35 years. So years ago, I never had patients come in and say, Dr. Joe, we can't get pregnant, men or women. Now I see it on a regular basis. So it's pretty scary what's happening. Something's different. And a lot of it, I believe, has to do with pesticide exposure, and this article is kind of confirming that. Uh, they were also 26% less likely to have live birth if they did become pregnant, the women with the highest level of pesticide exposure. So if you use this modeling, the researchers estimate that exchanging a single serving, one serving of high pesticide produce a day for just one with low pesticide residue increases your odds of pregnancy, successful pregnancy, by 79%. The odds of having a living birth, 88%. 88% increase by just changing one serving of fruits and vegetables a day. That's some scary stuff. Now, when I was a kid, we didn't even have the word organic. Because organic meant organic chemistry. It means it had a carbon molecule involved. But what we're finding now is you have these things called organic foods. I support organic food. I think it's great. 
and I've done studies in the past and shows before on the higher levels of nutrients in organic foods, the benefits of organic foods. Today we're talking about the dangers of non-organic foods. And now we have to label food that isn't toxic. I think we should label food that is toxic. This is food and this is pesticide-laden food. Instead of calling the good stuff organic, call the bad stuff what it is. It is what it is, it's not gonna change, but I'm just infuriated by that. Because when I was a kid, I remember some things. I remember peaches that were juicy, tomatoes that had flavor, watermelon that was sweet. And what's happened now? I don't even eat tomatoes anymore. Unless it's organically grown or I grow in my own garden, I don't even eat them anymore. And the reason is they have no flavor. Why am I bothering eating this piece of cardboard that somebody's trying to pass off as a tomato? The good news is that the trend is going the opposite direction. You're seeing more farm-to-table restaurants. We're seeing organic listings. I was at a, a seafood house not long ago, a big steak and seafood house, and they had an organic sweet potato on their menu. Now, my question was, why an organic sweet potato? Why not just a regular sweet potato? So I love the fact that the word organic is starting to carry some weight. I don't like the fact we have to label things organic, but I love the fact that it's starting to carry some weight. And more and more people are getting organic baby foods, and so I'm really happy with that. But the problem is that it's not addressing the problem, which is all the pesticides. Now, the senior investigator is Dr. Jorge Chavarro. He's an associate professor of nutrition and epidemiology at Harvard. And he said, uh, I, always, I was always skeptical that pesticide residues in foods would have an impact on health whatsoever. He didn't think that it had any impact whatsoever. So what they started doing at Harvard, they started to research. And uh, we started to do this work a couple of years ago, and he thought that they weren't going to find anything. He was surprised to see anything as far as any health outcomes were concerned. Pesticides were benign. Now, he says, I'm more willing than ever to buy organic apples uh, than I was just a few months ago. So when you do the research and you read the research, it's very clear. Co-author of, of, of the study, uh, Dr. Wuhan Choi, I think is it pronounced. There have been several concerns for some time that exposure to low doses of pesticides through diet, such as those we observed in the study, may have adverse health effects, especially in susceptible populations, such as women that are pregnant, and not only to the women, but to their fetuses, uh, to children. And the study provides evidence that this concern was not unwarranted. So once again, doctors who went into this saying we're not going to find anything are finding, yes, there is a concern with pesticides. The observations made in this study sent a warning that our current uh, lackadaisical laissez-faire attitude toward regulation of pesticide is failing us. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. It is a big deal. We can no longer afford to assume that new pesticides are harmless and that they are, uh, until they're definitively proven safe, and that they don't cause injury to human health. We need to overcome the strident objections from the pesticide manufacturing industry. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. DDT was fine until it wasn't. I had a professor in college, and he used to say, it's never a problem until it's a problem, and then it's a problem. And I love that line, because it's a problem now. We're realizing that there's an issue out there, and everybody's kind of saying, well, it's no big deal, shh, don't talk about it. I'm talking about it. I want you to recognize the hidden costs of deregulation, of letting things come out on the market that aren't tested, and to strengthen the requirements for both pre-market testing for new pesticides, as well as post-market surveillance and observations of populations, exactly as we do for other classes of potent biologically active molecules. And what are those called? Drugs. We test drugs like crazy. The pharmaceutical company said the reason our medications are so expensive is because we have to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars in research proving that they're safe. We don't have to do this with pesticides. 
And if you watch TV now, you're seeing commercials all the time. Have you been exposed to glyphosate? If you've been exposed to glyphosate, you need to call this law firm. Now, I think the law firms are just trying to jump on a bandwagon, of course, but it's a big enough issue now that people are saying we got to do something about it. Now, male fertility rates are also plunging. Research also shows that sperm concentration and quality has dramatically declined in recent decades, and the evidence suggests endocrine-disrupting chemicals are largely to blame. Now, there's other sources. Uh, pesticides, including glyphosate, are known as endocrine disruptors as well. Uh, perfumes, hairsprays, colognes. I've done a lot of shows on this before. If you go to my website, drjoe.com, D-R-J-O-E, drjoe.com, we have well over 1,000 hours of podcasts, audio and video. So if you're a visual learner, we have video. If you're an auditory learner, we have audio. You can download them, share them with your friends, and just type in a topic that you're interested in in our search bar, and something should come up. So I talk about this a lot, these endocrine-disrupting chemicals, but now we're talking about it in the world of pesticides. So sperm counts around the world declined more than 50 percent between 1973 and 2013. That's not a long time, folks. And they continued to dwindle. Now, I talked about this on a show I did a few weeks ago back on men's health. So again, if you go to website drjoe.com, type in men's health, we did a whole show. I think it was an hour and a half or two hours on this exact topic. So as it stands, half of the men in most developed countries are now near or at the point of being infertile. Now, I didn't cover this in my men's health show, so I do want to go over it quickly. I kind of ran out of time on the health show. Half of the men would technically be considered in, unable to father a child. And that's not a, oh, don't worry about it. That's a, why is this happening? That's pretty serious. I mean, in nature, what do animals do? Reproduce. That's the whole point is reproduce and carry on a species. As a species, it's getting harder and harder for people to get pregnant, men and women. So exposure to electromagnetic frequencies, this is something I didn't want to co didn't cover, I did want to cover today, is another major contributing factor to infertility. In fact, I believe this may be the most significant factor for the uh, observed decrease in male sperm count. So it is chemicals, it's endocrine-disrupting chemicals, it's pesticides, but electromagnetic frequencies are something you need to, take you need to pay attention to. Now, it's embedded in our cell mem membranes. It's something called a volt voltage-gated calcium channel. Now, what it does, it turns out these voltage-gated calcium channels are activated by microwaves, like cell phones. And when this happens, about a million calcium ions per second are released into the cell. Now, this massive excess of intracellular calcium then stimulates the release of something called nitric oxide inside the cell, and the mitochondria, which is inside the cell, it, and it combines with superoxide to form uh, peroxynitrate, a lot of chemical stuff there. Not only does peroxynitrate cause oxidative damage, but it also creates free radicals. Now, if you've listened to my shows before, free radicals are like Pac-Man. They eat through things, waka, 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 waka. And so when free radicals attack the cells, they literally can damage the cell walls, they can damage the mitochondria, and they can damage the DNA. Now, the DNA is the thing that makes you you. And when the DNA is damaged, it changes who you are. And different areas of the DNA determine what color your hair is, what color your eyes are. Can you produce, reproduce? Do you have muscles? So the DNA is so important, and everybody's doing these DNA tests now. Where, am I, where did I come from? What's my background? And now we can test to see if you have a propensity to run fast, if you have a propensity to have lung problems. And so we can customize treatment plans based on DNA, but if we keep attacking the DNA with free radicals, eating away at the DNA, that becomes a real serious issue. Now, the most destructive free radicals 
uh, known to man are these hydroxyl molecules, these free radicals, and they decimate the mitochondria and the DNA. Now, the membranes and their proteins around these molecules uh, result in mitochondrial dysfunction. During a 2013 health uh, expert panel that was done on cell phones and Wi-Fi exposure, it was noted that the testicular barrier, that's the thing that protects the sperm, is the most sensitive tissue in the body. And besides sperm count function, the mitochondrial DNA of the sperm are damaged three times more if exposed to cell phone radiation. Gentlemen, right now, how many of you have your cell phone in your front pocket? Raise your hands. Get it out now. Okay, because, yeah, maybe you're saying, whoa, doc, this is great. I can't make babies. This is wonderful. But it can lead to serious damage, including DNA altering, which can cause abnormal cell growth, which is called what? Cancer. So in addition to the male testicles, the tissues with the highest density of these voltage, gate, voltage gates in there are your brain and the pacemaker for your heart. So what the research is telling us is that excessive microwave exposure can be a direct contributor to conditions such as infertility, Alzheimer's disease, anxiety, depression, autism, cardio cardiac arrhythmias. The most important strategy to implement is this. Avoid carrying your cell phone in your front or your hip pocket. Avoid using portable computers and tablets on your lap. Turn off your cell phones at night. If not, put it at least 30 feet away from your bed. Even if there's nothing going on with them, they're always picking up these, 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 this Wi-Fi information. Turn off, turn off your Wi-Fi at night. In my house, I have a timer. It's a type of timer that we use uh, for Christmas tree lights. And I plug my Wi-Fi into it, and it shuts off about 10 o'clock at night. And it turns back on again at 7 o'clock in the morning. So while I'm sleeping, I have no Wi-Fi in my house. You can do this. It costs $8, I think, for this thing. Shut off the Wi-Fi. These electromagnetic frequencies are extremely dangerous. Now, I'm a chiropractor. I'm board certified in chiropractic, orthopedics, pain management. I'm double board certified in nutrition, BS in nutrition. I've been seeing patients for over 35 years. And what we find in our practice, so I teach all my doctors this, that when a patient comes in, let's assume they're having right hip pain, and you see them with their cell phone in their right hip pocket, you tell them, take it out of your pocket. Take your wallet out too, because as a chiropractor, you sit on the wallet, that can cause back pain as well. Take the things out of your back pockets. Don't put it in your front pocket. The wallet's okay, but not your cell phone. And let's see what happens. And it happens time and time again. Patients get better results with their chiropractic care when they're not exposing themselves to electromagnetic frequencies from their cell phone. So guys, especially, and ladies too, don't put your cell phone in your bra. Because if you put your cell phone in your bra, that can change the breast tissue. So just be careful. These are simple things. Let's assume I'm wrong. So what? I'm wrong. I lied. But I'm not wrong. The research is very clear. Now, I've been doing this for a long time. And I actually have a file. I've got to do this. I, 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 I keep threatening to do a show like this. I'm going to do a Dr. Joe was right show. And with the Dr. Joe was right show, we got to, I just want to go over things that I talked about years ago that now are coming true. All right, let's get back to pesticides. Researchers from the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine, recently reported there's been a, shock, a shocking information. And uh, in, uh, there's shocking that information that's lacking uh, research on glyphosate exposure in recent decades. Now, glyphosate came out years ago, and it's a wonderful weed killer. And chances are you have that weed killer in your garage right now. However, the research now, it, it kind of been blown off. It's no big deal, it's no big deal. Now the research is coming out. We have long-term studies. And subsequently, the level found in people's urine is directly related to some health diseases, health crises. Crises? Glyphosate has also become a popular tool uh, for desiccating non-genetically engineered grains such as legumes and beans, which makes them easier to harvest. Let me explain this to you. Wheat, legumes, so what happens is it's not genetically engineered. 
And let me explain genetically engineered, I guess. Genetically engineered foods, when it comes to crops like this, uh, soybeans, corn, uh, there's a bunch of others. But what it is is we can spray this glyphosate, this weed killer, on the crop. And it kills the, the weeds, but it doesn't kill the crop because the crop has been genetically engineered not to die when it's exposed to glyphosate. That's called G GE, or genetically engineered. Now you're seeing non-GMO, genetically modified organism, which is this crop. And so if you're going to eat soy or corn, you want to make sure that it's not genetically modified. So we're spraying glyphosate on the crop to kill the weeds. But pretty cool. And it works. However, this glyphosate is now being absorbed into the plant, and the plant has been genetically modified. So you've got a double whammy going on. Now what we found, we some farmers, not we, um, that if we spray this glyphosate on things like wheat or legumes or beans, it'll kill the, the, the crop itself. It'll kill the wheat, and it makes it easier to harvest. But guess what? This glyphosate now is being absorbed into the products, into the, into the grains. And so that's not a good thing. And a lot of people, this research now on wheat allergies, I'm going to do a show on at this, I think, next week, uh, on wheat allergies, and some people are now saying it may not be the gluten that you're allergic to, it might be the glyphosate. Now, that being said, I'll play devil's advocate and say, okay, what about other crops that are being sprayed, like beans and legumes? If you eat all of them and have a reaction, then it's glyphosate. If not, it's the gluten. We're going to talk about that next week. So let's continue on. The exact implications of glyphosate, when, it's, when you're exposed to it, uh, to human health, still an argument. But why take the chance? That's always my thought. Err on the side of caution. Why, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So what? You ate some organic wheat instead of a non-organic wheat. You ate organic soy and organic corn instead of non-organic soy and corn. If I'm right, which I am, but if I'm right, then we go, okay, Dr. Joe was right, and I did the right thing. But again, I've been doing this for 35 years. So I know what happens. I know what happens when I talk about something, and then it comes true, and people say, Dr. Joe, you talked about this 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I did. So this is important. I want you to really consider this, this pesticide issue as something that's very serious. Recent research found that daily exposure to ultra-low levels of glyphosate for two years led to things like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in rats. And the levels found in people's urine were a hundredfold greater than those found in a rat study. So just a little bit of exposure for two years for a rat, fatty liver. Now, when I went to school, when we cut open cadavers, we cut open a cadaver and we had a test. Okay, what is this muscle? What is this? And if you put, if the, the teacher put a pin in the liver, and it was fatty, you called it fatty liver. And you said, what was it caused by? Alcoholism. Bing, you got the question right. Now, that's not the right answer anymore. Things like high fructose corn syrup can lead to fatty liver disease. Turning out glyphosate in rats can certainly lead to a high, a fatty liver disease. So it's pretty serious. And more and more research suggests that glyphosate exposure can lead to numerous health issues. So you gotta start thinking about uh, things like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma to kidney damage, to disruption of the gut bacteria, to improper hormone function, to damage and distribution of the bacteria in the gut. Uh, we talked about the hormones. Anyone and everyone can be harmed by pesticides, whether they're a man or a woman of childbearing years, a young child, somebody who's senior. So you wanna take steps to reduce the exposure, and it's really important you do this. Now, ideally, all of the food you eat and all the food your family eats would be organic. Now, that being said, not everyone has access to a wide variety of organic produce. And it can sometimes seem a little costlier than buying conventional produce. But one way to save some money while you're still lowering your pesticide level are purchase certain organic items and settling, if that's the right word, uh, for more conventionally grown. So based on how, heavy, how heavily each crop uh, is typically treated with pesticides, 
you got to make some decisions. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. So we got a lot more to talk about. We have the Dirty Dozen, the Clean 15, foods that are okay. If you're going to eat animal products like meat, butter, eggs, the most important thing when you're buying food, uh, when it comes to animal products, is it has to be organic. Not free range, not a, a high omega-3 fatty acid. Organic is the only word that makes a difference. Because organic is always free range. Free range is not always organic. Like for a chicken, for example. What does free range mean? Well, they're not in a cage. And they, in, in theory, they have access to outside. But many times what happens is the farmers can open a door and say, chicken, you want to go out? They're chicken. They don't want to go out. So what do they do? They stay inside. They go, okay, they had access to outside. They chose not to go, but they're just not in a cage. But if you ever see these free range uh, farms, the chickens are literally wing to wing in many cases. They're just not in a cage. So there can be some deceptive advertising in there. Uh, it's your choice. Whatever you decide to do is always up to you. I just want to give you the information that you need to naturally get well and stay well. And as a chiropractor, my job is to try to get you uh, out of pain and as healthy as we possibly can. And nutrition is such an important part of that. If you're eating the right foods, your body heals faster. We have doctors, orthopedic surgeons, neurosurgeons, vascular surgeons, hospitals, send us patients and say, Dr. Joe, what kind of at our wits end? We don't know what to do. What can you do for them? We check the nervous system to make sure there's no pinched nerves. We check the digestive system to make sure you're able to break down your foods properly. And then we do a nutritional workup on all our patients. So we do a three-step approach to every one of our patients. And glyphosate can kill the bacteria in your colon. And now years ago, I talked about probiotics and prebiotics and how important they are. Now, it's everywhere. Probiotics, prebiotics, must take them. What's going to help your digestive system? Make sure you drink this yogurt. Make sure you take this supplement. So once again, Dr. Joe was right. It's now become mainstream, and the supplements are so important to keep the body healthy. But even if you're taking some great, like we have Dr. Joe's probiotics on the website, drjoe.com. Great product. I take it every day. I think you should too. And probiotics are so important, but if you continue to dump these toxic chemicals into your body, you're fighting a battle you may not win. The glyphosate is killing off the good bacteria, and now you're putting in the good bacteria. It's better to do it that way than just kill off the good bacteria and not replace it. Absolutely but it's something you might want to consider. How can I better take care of my health on so many different levels? And probiotics are so important. In fact, the, the supplements I recommend everybody take, minimum supplements you should take every day, are Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. They're two powders, they taste great. Uh, they're on the website, drjoe.com. I couldn't imagine a day going by without my Super Greens and Essential Source. People ask me all the time, how do you do what you do? How does your brain work the way it does? Because we do live shows a lot of times, we do lectures, and people call in with questions, and I don't know what the question's gonna be. How do you answer these questions with no research behind it? My brain works well because I take care of my brain. My brain isn't better than yours, I just take care of it. So Super Green is an essential source. Minimum supplements you should take every day. They're two powders, they taste great, relatively inexpensive. Probiotics, really important, especially if you're being exposed to things like pesticides that can be killing off the bacteria in your colon. Nitric oxide, if you're over 30 and you're under a lot of stress, you might need nitric oxide to increase circulation. If you're over 40, absolutely nitric oxide because our nitric oxide production drops. It's called getting old. And the nitric oxide opens up the blood vessels and increases circulation to your brain, your reproductive organs, your kidneys. So there's a, a, a series of supplements I take every day, and you probably should too, uh, and all the supplements we talk about are on the website, drjoe.com. If you need help, if you have questions, send me questions through the website. I'm more than happy to answer them for you, drjoe.com, and maybe we can help you a little uh, better, make better decisions as to what to eat, what not to eat.
Okay? So the most important thing we talked about animal products, if you're going to do animal products, they have to be organic. Animal products tend to bioaccumulate the toxins uh, uh, from the pesticide-laden feed. So if they're eating genetically modified food and they're spraying pesticides on the crops and the animals are eating it, they'll concentrate it in their fat cells. Now, concentra they concentrate in far more uh, higher concentrations than are typically present in vegetables. So washing your produce is going to help remove some of the surface pesticides, according to the most, re most recent research. But the most effective cleaning method by far, everyone asks me, how do you clean your vegetables, Dr. Joe? Is wash them with a mixture of tap water and baking soda. If you soak an apple in 1% baking soda solution for about 10 or 15 minutes, it's found to remove 80% of the pesticides and fungicides. Folks, we're talking about pesticides today, but my goal is to get you well and keep you well. So if you have any health issues, if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, headaches, numbness, tingling, muscle weakness, stop suffering. I want you to go to my website right now, drjoe.com. Make an appointment to come see us. In the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We want to be your doctors. We want to get you well and keep you well. I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. The website again, drjoe.com. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on a WSB Radio app.